This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, and I'm joined here by my bubbly Bree. I liked that. Bubbly Bree. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. How are you? We, um, Bree and I are both coming off of being sick all weekend. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I know. And just, in this world right now, can I just say how stressful it is for you or your kids to be sick right now? It's very because stressful. You go through like, oh, you have a sore throat? Oh, you have a cough. Oh, poo. Oh, it's like, COVID. No. Yeah. yeah. Last year at this time, I would have been like, you have a cold. But now I'm like, okay, well, now I got to make sure you don't have COVID, you know? No. So I mean, this whole week, this past weekend was crazy because my son came home from school Thursday with like a runny nose. And so I kept him home all Friday. And then Friday, I was like, I am sick. And then my husband got sick. And then my daughter was feeling run down. And so guess who got to experience her first COVID test? Ooh, and how was that? It wasn't bad. I was scared about it. And it wasn't bad. It's just like a Q-tip up the nose, both nostrils. And I love how quickly it is now, too. Like, you got your results a couple of days later, whereas you know, we're in Phoenix. Less than 24 hours later. Yeah. yeah it, than... We're in Phoenix. Like, over the summer, mm -hmm. it could take you anywhere from 10 to 15 days yeah. to get a test back. Yeah. It's gotten better. And, it has. Uh, I'm glad it was negative, And this is probably just a cold. And I have to stop freaking out about it. <laughs> well, yeah. But I do think that your making sure was the best thing you possibly because again, yeah. you had a lot of things to take into consideration, like the fact that we work together. Yeah. And I have family members that have severe asthma and other complications. Mm -hmm. And then my partner, he works in a job where he's around too many families and or medically fragile individuals that he couldn't go into work. So there's a lot of things. It's a lot of pressure these days it trying is. to get that figured out. Trying to stay but well. Yeah, made, but a, made a long weekend. Made a long <laughs> weekend. But we are so excited to introduce you to our guest today. It is Ruth Sukup. And I have known Ruth for many years now. I was in her mastermind program. And she's basically the reason No Guilt Mom exists. Because what Ruth teaches is she teaches blogging to everybody. If you're a blogger and you have not enrolled in Elite Blog Academy, you need to do so. That is how I started No Guilt Mom. I was in there first and then I went a little farther and got to know Ruth better. She is all about helping women everywhere create a life they love. She's the founder of Living Well, Spending Less, Elite Blog Academy, and she's a New York Times bestselling author. This episode is brought to you by our upcoming Sib journal. So Brie, tell me, this is a loaded question. Do your kids fight? Oh, well, I don't know. Do they breathe air? Yes. yes. <laughs> I think all siblings fight. I think it's really the mission of all siblings that they need to disagree a lot. And it teaches conflict resolution. It does. <laughs> when they disagree that much. At least that's what I tell myself when the fights start going. It's, it's a life skill. It's a life skill. It's a life, it's skill. life skill. It's a life skill. <laughs> but with the Sib journal coming out the end of October, mark your calendars. 
It teaches kids how to, I want to say fight fair, but really it's how to get their emotions across to others in a very reasonable way that doesn't escalate the issue, but actually solves the problem. It's a skill that kids need to learn and a skill that we have no idea sometimes as parents how to teach them. But the Sib Journal, it's a fun journal they do. And it's a interactive journal because it also comes with video lessons, leading them through each of the pages and telling them stories and make it come alive for them and telling them that they are not alone. The fact that they have these fights with their siblings, it is normal. We're going to get through it and we're going to create stronger relationships where they feel heard and respected. And they're also respecting others as well. That healthy communication skills. Healthy communication. The Civ Journal, look for it at the end of October. You'll be hearing a lot from us. And in the meantime, go pick up the free sibling adventure log. It's a list of missions that kids do together and help strengthen that sibling bond. And we have a link for you in the show notes. And with that, let's start the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Let's get into this whole self-care. And I think before we get into it, tell us a little bit about your story and how you started. I'll even back up and give you a piece of the story that I don't really talk about that often. But before my husband and I even got married, before we ever had kids, we had always said, we really want one of us to be home with the kids. Like That's always going to be a priority for us. And so we sort of had made this agreement that yes, one of us will always stay home with the kids. It doesn't matter which one of us it is, but one of us will stay home. The plan was actually at that point, I was you know headed to law school. I was going to do my law and business degree. This, I was doing this dual degree program. And so the plan was that I was going to become this you know, hotshot business attorney and make tons of money. And my husband would be able to quit and become the stay-at-home dad. That's what he really wanted. And of course, that didn't happen because I dropped out of law school after nine months because it was basically hell on earth. I figured out many things about myself. One is that I don't like rules. and <laughs> Law school is <laughs> nothing but rules. So then Chuck went back to work when I dropped out of law school eventually. And so he was working when our daughter was born. And then when she was seven months old, we actually got this opportunity for me to go back to work and start running this day spa. And so I did that when she was seven months old and went back to work and did that for about two years. It was brutal. It was this day spa that was when I took it over, was losing like $50,000 a month in revenue. It was crazy. And so my job was to try to turn it around and get it profitable. Well, I turned it around as much as I could, but I only got it to like break even. I could not get the thing to make money. It was basically two years of misery. You would think running a spa would be really fun. Not so much. (laughs) So then Chuck, after he had been a stay-at-home dad for two years, we were like, you know what? This is not sustainable for us and for our family. I was killing myself trying to do it. Wasn't making nearly as much money as he could make as an, an aerospace engineer. And so he went back to work. And we had our second daughter. So he was working again for a couple years. That was when the story that you have heard many times before, when I started my business then at that point. So my daughters at that point were one and three. And I was like kind of miserable as a stay-at-home mom. It was just... I didn't feel like I had anything of my own. So I loved my kids, but I'm a very high achiever type person. I like to be busy. I like to have a lot lot of stuff going on. I like to feel productive and I just didn't. And so one of the things that I would do, I was like, well, if I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, I'm going to be like, you know, have the best house and and my kids are going to be dressed the cutest. And, you know, so it was just like, that was part of that type A high achiever personality of mine. So we moved back to Florida And I didn't really have a good social system. When we were up in Seattle, I had started this mom's group and I was super involved in that. So that gave me a lot to do. But back in Florida, we didn't really have any support system. And there's 
Florida is so hot, you know, because you live in Arizona. You can't do a lot sometimes with the kids outside, little kids. It's too darn hot all the time. There's no place to go. Yeah. And then the humidity. I would say right? Florida's worse than know. Arizona. I, I think you have it worse I, than like us. Floridians and the Arizonians, they, they have this big debate, right? It's a dry heat. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> They're 115 degrees, but that's okay. It's, it's 120. Simply. We're fine. <laughs> So I would go to Target. I would strap my kids in the car. We would go to Target. We'd wander around. Sometimes it was the mall. I mean, same thing. It was nice and cool air conditioning. But going to stores is not a great hobby. It's very expensive. Even if you're not meaning to spend money, you ultimately end up spending money. And I would every day. And so my husband and I started fighting a lot more about money because he hated, he hated his job. He wanted to be the stay-at-home dad and he hated what he was doing and he felt so trapped buy it. And so he saw every minute I was spending at Target as more time he had to spend at this job that he hated. And it started to really wear on us. And, you know, just having little kids, I think is hard on your marriage anyways. It's a bad time. I once heard somebody say like, don't ever make any major life changes when your kids are under the age of five, because you just, you're in this mode of suckiness. So moms, if you're in that mode of suckiness right now, like it gets so much better. I just want to tell you that. (laughs) It's so so much better. better. Like how much did you love it when they could bathe on their own? When they could bathe? Oh my gosh. You know, showers. It was, it's like life changing. My turnaround for my kids was when they could carry their own luggage on an airplane instead of me having to carry them and the luggage. That was at five years old. And that was like, holy crap, they can do this themselves. This is like freedom. So (laughs) things just got easier. Yeah. This whole self-sufficiency thing sounds pretty awesome. Yes. (laughs) We had this big fight. It was like this make it or break it fight. And I had to go on a budget. And finally, I was like, I'm going to start this blog. And it wasn't really a, a way to make money at first. It was just like, I love to write. I need something to do. I have to do something that's free. That's not going to Target. And I can write a, I'll write a blog about living well and spending less. And then as soon as I started, it was like this whole, I don't know if you feel like that when you first started your blog, it was like opened up this whole other world. You're like, holy cow, there are people doing this. There's people making money doing this. I think I want to do that too. And so then probably within about two or three weeks of starting my blog, I was like, this is it. I am going to do this. And I went to Chuck and I was like, I'm going to make enough money blogging, honey, that you can quit your job. And he was like, that is the stupidest thing, honey, you have ever said. <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, <laughs> he's like, sure. Which is like the he best to hear me tell that story over and over. It's funny. Although I told it to some of our friends here the other night that had never heard that story amazingly enough. And they were like, oh yeah, that totally sounds like Chuck. Like it didn't even phase them because they know him and they just know that's the way he is. He's just very blunt. So, so I started this business called Living Well, Spending Less. And eventually it grew into what it is now, 10 years later, it has become this kind of omni-media company. We've got many different divisions and I'm doing it full-time. I have a full-time team. It's made multi-seven figures and it's been a little crazy. And Chuck has been a stay-at-home dad ever since 2013. So we made that goal and then exceeded it a little bit. (laughs) Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. 
You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But If you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And I love that story because, I mean, just seeing the success of your company and him being like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, it's just amazing. It's amazing to see it. And it's amazing to see how you grew it as well. And also, like, now it's you and Chuck have this kind of, and I don't want to say it's atypical because it's, I don't want it to say not, but it's something that are, yeah, I guess it's not as prevalent in society as like the mom staying at home and the yeah. traditional one. So, Do you ever find that it causes you a little bit of tension, you being the one who is working and Chuck being the one staying at home? And how do you guys manage that? It definitely has. I think after 10 years, we've finally found like a really good groove and a really good balance. Although I have to say like this, this past year has been a whole new learning experience for both of us. But I think every couple goes through that. We actually went through couples counseling a few years ago and it was really interesting because the counselor was the one who pointed out to us because Chuck was so irritated with me working all the time and he, he was just mad. And I was, I had felt like I had really good boundaries between work and personal life and felt, thought I was doing, like I was actively trying to do good. And I'm like, I don't know what, understand what the problem is. And the counselor was like, you know, Chuck, how long have you been burned out? And he was like, what? I'm not burned out. And the guy was like, well, I typically see the, the wife is the one saying exactly what you're saying. Like, I just can't handle one more thing. I just, I feel like everything is a burden right now. And she never gives me what I need. And, and is like, doesn't even notice all the stuff that I do around the house. It was so funny. Like our roles were so completely reversed from the stereotypical husband wife role. And yet it was the same thing. And he was the one who pointed out, he's like, you really need to do things for yourself. And I was like, yes, you do. I mean, I have no problem with self-care. I fully support that for everybody. But I think since I love (laughs) how you you. do it, we're going to get into that. (laughs) Yeah. What we realized for him is that he's really happy when he has projects that he feels good about. Like when he's doing something, he is not like he is opposite of me. He's not type A. He's not goal oriented. He's not super driven with that kind of stuff. Like he's very smart, but he's low key, you know, with the things that he likes to do. But when you're just doing the same thankless work day in and day out, and you don't ever feel like you have something of your own, it does start to grate on you. And so now we're much more intentional about making sure that he has, he always has different projects. Like right now he's been 
doing this whole attic project in our new house. And he's, and then we're having this big Halloween neighborhood thing and he's building stuff for that. Right. And it's, it's fun. I love that he has that and, and has stuff for himself. And that has, that's made a huge difference. But as far as like how we make that work, I mean, what I've had to learn is I just let go of a lot of stuff. The way that he does stuff is his way and that's okay. And it doesn't have to be my way. And I think that as long as we're respectful of each other in that way, it really does work for us. I'm just going to say like, I love that. And I think I, the same way, that's yeah. so great. Cause I feel like that's a huge issue, right? Between mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of partners that one of us feels like we do it <laughs> the right way. And the other one doesn't do it the right way. And we don't always respect the process that the other one has. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think you just gave wonderful marriage advice right there yeah. for everybody. <laughs> What's an example? Like I was thinking an example I saw like, I mean, the other day where it was the difference between a mom and a dad and the mom had a baby and the diaper was put on perfectly and everything. And, and then the the dad took care of the baby and the diaper was duct taped on. And the dad's like, what's Stays the on. It's on. Stays it's on. Working. What's the problem? And the mom's like, but you didn't do it right. You didn't use the flaps. It's so like, true. Eh. And I think maybe when your kids get a little older too, when my kids were little, especially when I was a stay-at-home mom, I had this like fear that everything I did was going to screw them up somehow. Everything I got wrong, if it wasn't all perfect, I was going to mess them up for life and they would be scarred. And then they get older and you realize, A, you can't, it's impossible to not mess your kids up in some ways and B, that they are fine. They don't remember any of that stuff. All the stuff you worked so hard to make perfect for them, they don't remember any of it. So what was the what was the yeah, point? They don't, they don't remember those, anything. They don't remember those no. perfect lunches. Why did I kill myself trying to make it all perfect when they have no idea? They don't remember any of it. <laughs> no, you're totally right. I want to dig in a little bit to your, okay. your self-care methods because you know that I was in Ruth's mastermind group. And mm-hmm. one of the common goals that Ruth gave, and we're always like, oh my gosh, is to take a personal retreat. And it was the scariest goal to very driven type A entrepreneurs to just take a break and relax and regroup yourself. I think that you really lead by example on that, Ruth, by making sure that you have that time to regroup and to take time for yourself. Tell us about what does your self-care look like and what do you make sure you get in for yourself? And how did you get that going having such a type A personality. So the first time I ever took a personal retreat was actually my husband's idea. It was not mine because I think I am type A and I don't necessarily always see the need to step back and take a break. Although I feel like I'm getting better at it as I get older. Maybe I'm just getting lazier. That's a good thing. No, it's a good thing. I think it is too. I'm definitely happier. So I think it's working. It's corresponding. Yeah. The first time was about five years ago. And he was like, honey, I think maybe you should just take a break for a few days. And why don't you just go somewhere? And I was like, okay. It was amazing though. I did that. I went to a hotel by myself. It felt crazy to be in a hotel by myself. I ordered room service for every meal. They had a spa there. So I scheduled spa treatments. I did yoga every day. It was amazing. It was the most wonderful. I read like five books. I lay by the pool and it just became this thing where I realized, you know what? I need to do this for myself more often. So I did start doing that on a regular basis. I've tried to do it at least a couple times a year. And it's just amazing. Or what I will do and when and now I'm not even traveling at all because of COVID, but when I would travel a lot, I would always try to tack on like a day before or a day after my trip just to have a little bit of extra time for myself. Cause that way it felt, it felt less disruptive than doing the whole separate trip sometimes. But I actually am really enjoying not traveling at all too. So I'm finding great ways to have self-care at home. And that's been a lot of fun these last six months. I honestly, I've traveled so much for the past six or seven years, probably two or three times a month on average to the point where I have status on all the airlines. I've got status with all the hotels. I am, you know, road warrior. You yeah. have the cards oh, that you could <laughs> slap down on the table because they're yeah. pure metal. I get all the <laughs> upgrades. I got all the stuff. I have my own ambassador with Marriott. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's a lot of travel. And you know what? I loved it. I never minded all the travel. And because Chuck is the stay-at-home dad, we just were in that groove too. He was used to it. I mean, and I would sometimes get comments from other moms or like, oh, you're on another trip or whatever. But that part didn't really bother me because I was like, my kids have their dad 
full-time. He's the one who gets them up in the morning. He's the one who does breakfast. He does, he knows their schedule, whether I'm there or not there doesn't impact them that much. But what I have found is that I thought when this happened, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to handle being home all the time? This is going to be weird. And it was, but not bad weird. I loved it. And I don't think that that, like what I've actually seen from people who have traveled a lot is some couples have not handled it well. And I've seen there's been like a lot of (laughs) destruction and divorces and and marriages not handling it. Yeah. COVID made you figure out if you were sticking around or if you were breaking apart. (laughs) You're faced with this, like, okay, there's nobody here that's adoring me. There's nobody here that's telling me how awesome I am. That's just my same old family day in and day out. And do I want to be with them or do I not want to be with them? And what I realized is I want to be with them. I love hanging out with my family. I love hanging out with my husband, but I also don't feel like our, like my husband and I have fun and our kids are not our entire life. We love hanging out with our kids. We have fun with our kids, but they also know that we go out, like we have the this great neighborhood that we live in and we've got friends and we're always going out and doing stuff. And thank goodness our kids are self-sufficient and able to take care of themselves if they need to cook dinner or whatever. They do that because they see us having a life that is not surrounded by them. And I think that makes me feel great. (laughs) So important. And I think I need to bring up though, that you and Chuck were not in this neighborhood all the time. Like it was a conscious decision you guys made to move to kind of have this life. And yeah, I actually, so funny. I just wrote about that today in my weekly newsletter and I that we moved here. It was just a year ago this week and we made the decision. We built a house. So it took six months to build the house. So we made the decision about 18 months ago, but it was a very conscious decision to say, we want a neighborhood for our kids. We want a neighborhood that we feel safe letting them run around and just be kids and that they have other friends to play with where they can walk to school and they can be self-sufficient. We're big fans of this free range parenting idea. I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I don't want to be the one who's like, where are my kids? What are they doing? They both have cell phones. They, well, when my younger one remembers to plug her, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> thankfully everybody else has chargers. So she is pretty self-sufficient about figuring out how to get it charged if the battery goes dead. But um, it was a very conscious decision to, for that we made for them. However, we did, we had no idea how amazing it would be for us as well, that it's just been so great to be in a neighborhood where there's people looking to make connections all the time. Cause it's a kind of a new community and it's been a lot of fun. It's been like the best thing that we ever did for our family was moving to this little crazy little town called Babcock ranch. <laughs> And all the pictures you post of Babcock Ranch are just, it's also a beautiful place. Beautiful. I mean, I swear, I feel like this cannot be real. Except Chuck and I joke about that because we were big fans of the show, The Good Place. Do you ever, did you ever watch that show? Oh, oh, oh. all of the seasons. And it looks like the good, it looks like The Good Place and the rainbows every day. I'm like, oh, there's another rainbow. Oh, it's a double rainbow over our house today. Oh, oh, look at that. Like it's a beautiful, it's another beautiful sunrise. It's another beautiful sunset. Oh, there's, you know, wild animals wandering around. Look, there's an alligator in our front yard. I mean, it's just, which for some people that would maybe be a turnoff, but it's actually really fun and cool. And I feel like you're living in a good, good place. Magical. Yeah, it really, and everybody, it's like a combination of the good place and the Truman Show. Did you ever watch that? Yep. Yeah. You know, like when the neighbors are like, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Our neighbors are literally like that. We know all the neighbors. We're always waving like, oh, there's goes so-and-so with Taco the dog. <laughs> like We know all the dog's names. I feel like we live does in it a Does worry movie. you a little bit? Yeah, it does. Because like both the Truman Show and the Good Place, those were insidious places. I know, it does. Like the skeptical side of me is like, this cannot be real. Did Hmm. we move to to a cult? We've asked ourselves that before too. We're like, this seems too fun. Just, you tell... You tell the kids, if anybody offers you Kool-Aid, don't drink it. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Just smile and nod and go, thank you, but no, thank you. No, but it really, truly, I think I've tried to dissect it because I want to convince myself that I didn't move to a cult. 
But I do think that it's new, right? This is actually what I wrote about in my newsletter. This community is very new. It's only, I think, well, now it's three years old. So it was not quite two years old when we decided to build. And there were hardly any houses here. And it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's built on a wilderness preserve in Florida, out like in the middle of the state. And with alligators, with alligators, <laughs> wild boars, rattlesnakes. <laughs> and it's like easy to go, is this? actually going to make it? Like that was our question. We were a little hesitant because it was, it's a big investment, right? To decide to build a house. So we're like, what if this whole thing folds and we lose all of our money? Suddenly our house is worth nothing. And we put all this money into it. That's we, a fear yeah, and a risk. It's a huge risk. And so we took this big risk and decided, you know what, if the school is anything like we think it's going to be, cause we were, we toured the school and it was really impressive. We're like, I guess it's, we're willing to take the risk. And we did. And now a year later, like, man, we're so glad we took this risk. It was amazing. It's been really fun. So I remember when you moved there, they had the self-driving buses. Is that still a thing they there? They have been very quiet about the self-driving buses. Supposedly the <laughs> self-driving buses, there was going to be an app that was going to come out. There's been no app. There's been no word of the app. So we will see. What the self-driving yeah, we have not seen the self-driving buses in a while. Was it going to take them to different parts of the neighborhood? Yeah. Like, what yeah. is that? It was <laughs> like we're moving to the future. <laughs> we have the self-driving cars here say. in Chandler. It's a testing ground. Yeah. The funny thing about that self-driving bus, they have a person in them. So I don't really know what the point of the self-driving bus was. (laughs) Yeah. So I used to live right here, just about a mile away from Joanne. And like she said, Chandler is a testing ground for it. So there's lots of those self-driving vehicles. They always have a person in there because that's your safety reg is that there's always somebody there to take over. But we don't, I mean, you see a lot of them. Like I can't, yeah, you can't drive for even 10 minutes mm-hmm. and not run into one to three really? yeah. in Chandler. Wow. And then I moved to the city next to Chandler. So I used to live less than five minutes from your house. Now I live 15 minutes from yeah. your house and they don't test them in Gilbert. So I never see them. Yeah. They literally it's interesting. just say, it's but it's, but yeah, we don't see accidents. With no, them. there's no like accidents. The, the ones that get on the news, that was earlier and they've improved the technology oh, so much. That's that. good. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting seeing. Do they say self-driving car really big? It says so, Waymo it on says, them. Yeah. And, you're, and they're easy to spot because they have the sonar on top and on the sides, on the mirrors and on the back. And like, it's, yeah, you can't, you can't miss them. And oh, they did a lot yeah. of like, like letting us know uh, in the community what they oh, were going to look like. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, but though, <laughs> I get on tangents. I get on tangents. Interesting things. So, with like self care, and you said you had a hard time taking self care, and it was Chuck who told you to take this retreat. Knowing what you know now, what advice do you give to moms who have a hard time taking self care? What I think and what I've experienced is that the more you take care of yourself, the better able you are to pour into other people and to pour into your kids and to pour into your spouse. And that is very, it's not just true for me. What I have found is that's true for Chuck too, is that the happier he is with his life, I want him to do, to, and he doesn't call, call it self care because he thinks that's not manly, but I want him to have his projects. I want him to have things that fill him up and that make him get him excited. Like he's right now he's really into pickleball and playing because in our community, of course we play pickleball because that's what you do in a cult. And (laughs) it's all part of the Kool-Aid that we're drinking, but no, it's great. And he loves it. And it's so, and it's fun and people go and play every day. So he tries to go as often as he can. And they have little tournaments on the weekends. And I just love that he's finding things that he really enjoys. And of course we want to have things together, but his whole world doesn't need to be me and my whole world doesn't need to be him. So that's been really great. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.
Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And then I find that for myself too. Like I love being with my kids. My kids are fun now. They're 11 and 14 and just like at such a great age. But if I feel like they're just like wanting everything from me all the time, then I start to get a little bit resentful about it. So that is the biggest thing that I would say to people. Like you will be a better mom. You will be a better wife when you do things for yourself without feeling guilty about it. Don't feel guilty about it. That's what I really want to encourage people is there's this whole idea like, if I do this for myself, then that makes me a bad mom or I shouldn't do that. Mm-mm. Makes you a better mom. And there's no reason to feel guilty well, for it. Totally. Props to that. Yes. yes. And, I, and I love that one <sighs> of the things that you said that Chuck enjoys is the pickleball, but you threw in there the social connection. He likes getting to do it with others. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's another thing too, right? When it comes to self-care, sometimes we feel like, oh, it just has to be me time. But mm-hmm. what if your self-care involves those connections? You shouldn't ever sever your connections with others yeah, because that, that's a big support, right? Yes. And that is huge because I was saying how I go on a personal retreat and that's relaxing to me to be in a hotel by myself and not talk to anybody for five days for an extrovert. Chuck is way more extroverted than I am. That would be torture. He does say that to me. He's like, that sounds like hell. I would never want to do that. That would be the worst thing I could ever do. And for me, just not talking to anybody for a few days, that is, I like talking to people. I'm like a, what did they say? Extroverted introvert. So I can be extroverted. I recharge by being alone. But you also have friends too, right? Oh yeah. You have really close female friendships. A lot of and them. that is something that I feel like a lot of moms have a hard time making connections like that. Yes, I've heard that. And so that. you take the time to go on girls trips that's and a, to like I think that's the tricky have cocktails. part right there. I think yeah. that, that's part of that whole secret sauce of it. You can't just have friends and expect to always have that relationship be there yeah. and be as strong as we need to have it as a connection if you don't put in the effort. Yes. yes. Right? You're just saying you put forth the effort to make sure that you stay in contact and that you all do things together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. I would say that my personality type is more of a go deep kind of person. I'm a strengths profile. I'm a relator, not a woo. I don't have woo. I don't woo. I don't woo. woo people, but I am a relator. So I'm really good at going deep with the people. If you're my person, you are my person and I'm intensely loyal. Like I will cut you if you hurt my friends. There, there's no, <laughs> there is, you hurt my friends, you hurt me. But with that, it's, you are either in my circle or you're not in my circle. And I think maybe I just have good boundaries from that standpoint, because I don't feel guilty for not trying to be everybody's friends all the time. I don't make myself crazy trying to keep up with everyone. I have my people and I, and the people that are my best people, we don't have to talk every day to know that we're still friends. You know what I mean? Like there are some people that I can talk to every day for a week and then we cannot talk for six months. And it's not like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't call me. It's like, Hey, you just jump right into it. I feel like that's the sign of a really good friend is somebody that whether it's been five minutes or five years, the conversation is exactly the same. And I would encourage that kind of friendships. But I have read that, that women like, oh gosh, what was it? It was like 70% of women say they haven't made a new friend in the last five years. It was some crazy statistic that I had read a, while, a oh, couple months a ago stat. that it's really, really hard as an adult to make friendships. And I hear that a lot from, I don't know if you hear that a lot from the moms that you work with, but I hear that all the time. Like, Ruth, how do you have all these friends? How do you make friends? And so here's my secret. I'm going to tell you this right now. This is a secret that every mom should know. Listen up, (laughs) Listen up. 
Some people are probably going to judge me. Well, I'm probably getting a lot of judgment on this. So I'm not going to We don't worry. care about judging people. I'm not going to worry about it. Just go, no guilt. No guilt. I don't have guilt. But what we have done since we moved in this neighborhood, we host what we call Teeny Tuesday every Tuesday night. And we have people over for martinis. I mix martinis. I make chocolate martinis. I make pineapple martinis. I make apple teenies. I make Cosmos. This week, I made white chocolate caramel martinis and pumpkin spice martinis. Oh, dude. And there you go. <laughs> Bree's doing the whole 30 right now, and she's suffering hearing all of your martinis. So I love to, I love to mix drinks. My husband And Chuck loves to socialize. So I need something to do when people are in my house, but we love it. We have people. We, so we just started inviting the neighbors, and we started small, and it, it's grown somewhat. So I won't say we're like awesome at social distancing, but I feel like in, in our little bubble, it's the same people that were mostly around. So... It's just been the best way to make friends. And then I think from stuff like that, when you're the one who's willing to reach out because everybody's so thirsty, we forget that just because it's hard for us to make friends, but it's hard for everybody to make friends. So as soon as you start making the effort, people will be like, oh my gosh. I mean, the reception that we've had to to just the simplest thing, I mean, all it costs us is depends on how many people come, but between 30 and 50 bucks in booze every week, like to us, that is an investment in just in our happiness is being able to do that and being able to start meeting people and having these friendships. And it's been, so that's my secret guys, give out free booze and people will come over. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I was honestly like, so when this whole COVID thing happened, we started this and it wasn't me. I can't claim credit for it. It was another neighbor we started neighborhood happy hours where she just posted signs and she's like, we're all just going to stay out in our carports and we're going to, you know, walk around the neighborhood and drink. And it was the best thing. And then it got hot and that went, yeah. So it's getting cooler. cooler. I'm going to start it. I'm going to start it in our, people are just waiting for somebody, for somebody to reach out. I mean, think about it. Think of all the people that you come across every day and how many of those women would just love to have somebody just say something, a kind word or a, Hey, would you ever want to grab coffee or, you know, it's like, it feels so hard and awkward and impossible, but people are so receptive to that. And what I find too, is that you do sort of naturally gravitate to the people who are going to be your people. Like they just, they're the ones who will show up more often. They're the ones who are going to be, you kind of just tell, and it's funny, like I would have not have guessed that the people who have become our best friends in the neighborhood were the ones that I would have, if I would have picked out of a lineup, they're not the ones that I would have picked, but it's, you find your people, they're just there. And it's been really great. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I'm going to do it. So Ruth, to end this out, like what is something that you are working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, I'm excited that I have embraced the mantra, let it be easy in my business this year. And that was my word of the year, which was crazy considering that at the beginning of the year, we didn't know how not easy this year was going to be, but it has really transformed everything that I've done in my business and also in my home life where I've embraced fun and being a little more chill and relaxed and being the type A personality that I am. And the question that has come up a lot of times is, you know, is this easy? Is it working? And asking yourself, like, is what I'm doing right now working? And if not, then why don't I fix it? Or why don't I change it? Or why don't I do something different? So on the business front, that has meant letting go of a lot of stuff that we were doing just for this, because we'd always done it, or we've been doing it for a long time, but it wasn't necessarily the most profitable thing, or even something I was really enjoying. And that's been amazing. And just on the home front, kind of the same thing. Why do we have to do the things that we hate? And it's been easy. Like one of the things that we've let it be easy is with our kids is saying, you know what, girls, you're old enough to contribute a lot more to this happened when COVID happened and we were all together. It's like, you guys are old enough to start contributing a lot more to this household and to what you're doing. And so they are super responsible for keeping the house clean. They each have to cook once a week, giving them way more to do and also buy in into the family of as part of this family, you have to contribute. That has made it way more easy for me. (laughs) I have to cook so much less now. 
That's funny that you mentioned cooking. We did the same thing in our family. We're now like, my kids are each responsible for a meal a week. And it's been the best thing It's the ever. best. We've been trying it at my house. It was a little tricky, remember? Like, so yeah. when I brought it up to my kids, hey, we're going to do this. My daughter, and I was like, I think everybody should have a part of this with dinner and everybody should have some role. It doesn't seem like it's fair that it always falls on my shoulders. And my daughter, the sassy one, Sweet. was like, well, actually, technically, I'm a minor. So it is your responsibility to feed me. And I was like, okay, the pantry's full of food. And she was like, okay, fine. I'll that is exactly <laughs> what, yeah, that does not fly with when our kids try stuff like that. <laughs> she did make me laugh though. Like I busted out laughing so hard at the table. And so did Miguel. We were just both like, wow, you kind of got us there. But on the flip side, <laughs> then, enjoy the peanut butter and jelly that's in the pantry. Go make your own food. <laughs> she was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, good luck with that. I agree. It's like, it's such a gift because again, I have told the story before. Like I went away to, I felt like I was pretty self-sufficient, but Mm -hmm. when I went away to college, first week I was there, it dawned on me that I had no more clothes and I had no idea how to do laundry. Yeah. So I have made sure. Yeah, I know. Right. That's my little dirty secret that I didn't know how to do laundry. My (laughs) roommate took pity upon me. It's true. But yeah, it showed me how. Yeah, we tell them all the time, like our job is to make you a good grown up. And by the way, you're moving out when you're 18. So you better figure out how to work hard <laughs> because money comes from work and you're not getting chicken. Like if you like the light, we tell our kids this actively because I do not want my kids to grow up with, let's be honest, like they have a really nice life. They've got a lot of privilege and I want them to understand that my money is not your money. So don't expect that you're going to turn... 18 and that there's going to be a big pile waiting for you. I tell them, (laughs) I'm not leaving you any money. You're not going to inherit anything from me. Don't think that you can just coast through life waiting for your big payout because it ain't coming. You better get a job. You better learn how to take care of yourself because, and because I've actually seen this in my family with some of my siblings, just kind of not having a lot of motivation. And I don't want that to happen to my kids. So my job is to make you a good grown up and Right now, you need to learn how to work because you're not working very hard. <laughs> I think that is advice that all parents can take. My job is to make you a good grown up. Right. And then let it be easy and person. take some stuff off their plate. That's awesome. It's been awesome talking Aww, to you, Ruth. Thank, thank you so you. much for coming on. It's always a joy. So Thanks so fun. much for having me. And congrats on the new podcast. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. I always love talking to Ruth because Ruth tells me that I deserve to take time to myself. And self-care is so important to be both healthy and show your kids a really good example of what a healthy grown-up looks like. Right. Like one of the things that she talked about that I just really resonated with me was she talked about what a gift it is to show your kids what it's like to have a relationship where your children aren't necessarily the center of everything. Yes, because that, oh my gosh, don't you feel like sometimes when the kids are around, they are the center of everything? Right. And that doesn't say that you don't love your children endlessly and that you wouldn't walk to the ends of the earth for them. Mm -hmm. But what does that teach your child when the entire world revolves around them and their family? When they go out on their own, guess what? That's, it's going to be a shocker. Yeah. Not only does that shock to them that like they're not the center of everybody else's universe, mm-hmm. what does that mean to them or what does that look like to them when they're not in a relationship with somebody else? That's healthy to not be in a relationship. Yeah. Totally healthy. But it doesn't seem healthy if you've been taught that you're always supposed to be with somebody and that you're always supposed to be the center of everything. Then also that is how I feel like a lot of us, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out that I know I'm not the only mom in the world that... Mm-hmm at one point, lost her identity. Yeah. And being a mom and being in a relationship and just not understanding that I'm my own person. So that's such a gift. It is. And to spend that me time. Yeah. And both knowing yourself as what, a couple. what makes you happy and what feeds your relationship besides your kids. Kids are wonderful and they like fill my heart and I love my kids dearly. But I also need some things for myself because I always think about my kids are only going to be in my house for like 18 years. What's going to happen after that if I don't keep developing myself? I'll fall apart when they leave. Right. And, and it doesn't teach, happen. And what it does is it, it sets an example for your child that they're not important as an individual either, that they don't need to have that individual identity. Yeah, because I think I saw my mom give up a lot of stuff for me and my sister. And I thought for many years before I had kids of my own that that's what good moms did. They gave up everything for their kids. And I knew I didn't want it to be that way. And yet I felt bad for not wanting it 
to be that way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When the mom f- guilt? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. When you feel it's expected, it's hard to let go of. And that's why I loved our conversation with Ruth because she has those healthy boundaries and she jokes about it. Like <laughs> she's like, oh, you just have to ignore your kids. And she makes those jokes like that. But honestly, it's okay to ignore your kids sometimes yeah. and boredom. do stuff for yourself. Yeah. Boredom leads to creativity. And again, like you just said, it teaches them these healthy skills that they're going to need when they become an adult as well. Exactly. And so, I am thank taking you. teeny Tuesdays. Yes. And thank you, Ruth. <laughs> thank you. I can't wait to start. Yeah. I can't do teeny Tuesdays in my neighborhood, but I cannot wait for, I think I'm going to try her whole idea of going and having a weekend to myself once. Yo, her personal retreat. Yes. Oh, I have really wanted a personal retreat for a while and I don't have the guts. I feel so guilty about taking it, which, you know, that's why it's no guilt, mom. I'm working on these things too, guys. <laughs> maybe maybe we both take it and we just go to opposite ends of the resort. Yeah. So that way we know we're there doing it together, but not necessarily together. I don't know. I have a buddy. <laughs> a buddy it. personal retreat. It could be a buddy personal yeah. retreat. I think girls weekends would be personal retreats too. Yes. Yes. I think those are great. Ruth was amazing. Go check out her podcast the do it scared podcast it is fun to listen to as well until next time remember best mom's a happy mom take care of you and thanks for stopping by It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk, and let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking